0: hello and welcome to another episode of two dudes in a podcast i'm dude josh giving you another warning about our audio quality for this episode again when we recorded these all we recorded these and meshed them together realizing the mistake after it was too late to be fixed so if you're listening to this with headphones it's going to sound a little echoey again so i highly recommend listening to it without headphones if you have the opportunity and there's going to be one more episode with that echoey kind of sound, and then everything should be smooth sailing after that. So, thank you so much for bearing with us. Please leave us a like, leave us a five star review. Just tell your friends, get us out there. We always appreciate it. Always want to be in community with you guys and hear what you want to hear from us next. So, thanks again for listening and putting up with some bad audio. We really appreciate it. Enjoy the episode. Hello, and welcome to Two
1: Dudes in a Podcast. I'm Dude Taft, and with me again this week, as always, is my co-host, Dude
0: Josh. This week, we are continuing with our rewrites of the Star Wars prequels. Today, we are rewriting Episode 2. And to preface two things before we really get started, one, this is an adult podcast using adult language, so you have been warned, and two, this is a continuation of the rewrite that we started in our very first episode. Uh, So if you haven't listened to that, pause it, come back, we'll still be right here for you, and we hopefully will... Continue on to episode three. We'll skip the originals and be able to rewrite seven, eight, and predict nine. <laughs>
1: predict nine, depending on when we go back
0: and do the rewrites for those. For sure. So, I guess let's go ahead and get started. Let's do it. So, we have our first scene. I want to have a, a Sith meeting, essentially, because in our, to end our episode one, we had Dooku and Palpatine meeting face-to-face outside of the Jedi Council room. So I want to have a scene of Dooku bleeding his lightsaber. Now, when I say bleeding, it's the, it's the new canon way that they've made red lightsabers. It used to be synthetic man-made. Now it's uh, putting your dark side energies into your old lightsaber crystal to make it red, to make it uh, you know a dark side weapon, essentially. And I want to have Dooku doing that because I think seeing that on the big screen would be really cool because still in the movies, we haven't seen a construction of a lightsaber. It's true, we haven't, which would be
1: something really interesting to see.
0: Yeah, the only thing we ever got was a deleted scene in Return of the Jedi, uh, outside of Jabba's Palace. But to see it in canon, in the films, I think would just be a really cool thing for the fans to see and have. So after Dooku creates his red Sith lightsaber, uh, I want to have a Sith meeting. Where General Grievous is there, in his Kalish form, in... And that's the form he has before he becomes a machine. Right? Yes, that's before um, he got injured and became this machine. Uh, prelude to Darth Vader. Why, why is he not machine yet? Uh, that will come later in my in my rewrite, sir. Okay. Uh, I really wanted to do this to kind of give Grievous some sort of character development and some sort of uh, thing to do because he's pretty much there to be killed by Obi Wan in Episode and, Three.
1: And he does only really pop up at. The beginning of episode three.
0: Yeah, he pops up in that little, um, in the captain's quarters, I guess, not when, to, The bridge, he, rather. Yeah. No, and then I, to die one.
1: it's going to be, in, I think it's a good choice to bring him in earlier. Mm-hmm. Kind of like how they kind of only brought Dooku in in the second episode. I think that was a problem that the prequels really had, a, like, had was the fact that they just introduced villains out of nowhere without really giving any backstory to them. And
0: I understand why they kind of did it. I think they just did it poorly because you wanted to have Maul be the Jedi killer that Darth Vader becomes. You want to have Dooku, the fallen Jedi that Vader becomes. And then Grievous, the machine that Vader
1: becomes. Yeah, I, and I understand that, but they just, if they had just done something to introduce them, mm-hmm. like as a brief scene in the previous episode or something like that, I understand Maul. Yeah, being out of nowhere because nobody knew about Ball.
0: Yeah, he was the Phantom Menace, and exactly. that made sense.
1: But, like, I don't get why you didn't have Count Dooku in the first movie. Just in, like, the background, like, this is this is Master Dooku, and mm-hmm. then you see him in the next one. He has fallen and become a Sith.
0: Yeah, and that's why we put him in our episode one rewrite. Exactly. So we have a meeting, and General Grievous is this... He's already very mechanical, in a sense, and technological, in a sense, because... He's building these Jedi droids. His mission, his, the reason why Palpatine and Dooku have him around is to make droids that kill Jedi, to be an army. So
1: Grievous is in charge of building the droids? Yeah, he oversees it. And he did oversee it
0: in the Legends continuity as well. Oh, I thought that was the Notions who did that. The Notions built it originally, and then General Grievous was like, hey, these droids are shit. And then that's where he made those Magna Guards. With the big sticks and the purple, uh, like, lightning on the ends of them. Okay, yeah. So we kind of take... We take from Legends and we just establish that General Grievous is the overseer of this army being built. He's, he's in the position of the Kaminoans making the clones. Gotcha. So from there, I kind of want to have a, a little time jump to Anakin and Obi-Wan training. Um, so is this the meeting and stuff
1: like that? Is this pre-opening crawl or not because I feel like it's a little hard to make
0: a time jump in the middle. Oh, oh, that's a good point because you can't have a time jump on your second scene essentially in the movie or third scene. Exactly. So I guess that we'll say that the, the army is completed and ready for Sidious and that's what we'll talk about in the, in the Sith meeting. Okay. Uh, from there we'll cut to Anakin and Obi-Wan. Okay. So Anakin and Obi-Wan are training and I want to have Anakin leave training early and I want it to be combat training. I want to kind of show... Anakin's progression in the Force and in the lightsaber combat. Like, he's really good for only being so young. So I want to have Anakin leave the training uh, early because he overhears or knows that Padme and Palpatine are coming to the Jedi Temple today. Okay.
1: Interesting idea. All right. So what if instead of them coming to the temple and him knowing about that or seeing them there or whatever it is, he... And Obi-Wan are, ta- like, we can still have this training thing, but they have to leave training mm-hmm. to go to be the bodyguard and escort delega- uh, for the Nabooian delegation. And they don't, like, Obi-Wan probably knows who it is, him being the master and stuff, but mm-hmm. Anakin doesn't. So Anakin is, like, when he gets there, he sees uh, uh, he sees Padme and Palpatine and gets excited and kind of drops that, like, I'm the good Padawan, I'm here to do my job and Obi-Wan kind of has to remind him that he's on the clock. Kind of show that when he's around Palpatine and Padme, his kind of guard drops a little bit.
0: Okay. Uh, I like that idea, especially with Anakin being, you know, older and having even more emotions and more attachments that he knows how to make. And probably in his mind
1: has just, like, fantasized and put Padme up on a pillar.
0: Yeah, he definitely did that in the, you know original rights of the film as well. So that's that's something that I, I can agree to, to change and keep. I like that idea a lot. So anyway, we, we have Padme and Palpatine going into the, the Jedi Council. They're having a special meeting allowing Palpatine and Padme to be there. And from there, I want to have Palpatine announce that he has an army, that the Republic has a standing army because he is uh, buying one from the Kaminoans. Uh, the reason I want to do this is because I really want to show that Palpatine is fully in control because we have a scene earlier with okay we have him making the droid army even if you even if the younger generation doesn't know that Palpatine is Sidious yet the older generation who has seen the original trilogy can definitely put that together really easy and okay it. and the second part I want to do it is because everything with Jedi psycho is just stupid because they don't explain it they don't go into it it's just there to be it's like just, we have a clone army and
1: that's it it's just a mystery that nobody ever explains and it's honestly not clear to
0: even like the most devout of fans. Yeah, they have a little little arc in the Clone Wars, but even that was so forgettable that I can't tell you anything about it. I know exactly. that Saipa was in the Clone Wars TV show. So, we continue on. Um, the Jedi Council was kind of suspicious. Like, why does Palpatine have an army? Like, they have us to be the Peacekeepers. But Palpatine is like, I want you to lead this force because don't you understand we had a break off we now have the confederation of independent systems like we are vulnerable now and we they have their attacked. own army Say it again I said and they have their own army True very true Um I don't know if I necessarily want to reveal that but I want to have palpatine I want to kind of have like a cold war situation before everything really pops off where I- both both the Republic and the the CIS are stockpiling this army to go to war with each other. I mean, they already know that the CIS has an army. How would They bought it in the first movie. Okay. So that's true. Well, the army's complete at this point. So we have the Jedi Council kind of be wary of Palpatine, but agree. Like, war is coming. We're going to have to fight to be peacekeepers. So from there, I kind of have the Council meeting disperse and go right into the Padme attack. That And I want to have it play out pretty similarly to how it played out in the original uh, version of Attack of the Clones. <laughs> Maybe
1: they're supposed to leave or something like that, and the ship blows up as they're walking up.
0: Yeah, so- something like that. Anyway, Padme is attacked yeah. with Anakin and Obi-Wan nearby.
1: Oh, okay. I get what you're the assassination attempt by the bounty hunter, not yeah. the bomb that goes off at the beginning. The- okay, I got you.
0: Yeah, or the, the scene where they put in those like little poisonous worms in her bedroom. Yeah but you kind of want I kind of want Padme to be on her feet and not sleeping because we really want to show that Padme is just like General Leia, like she's a badass. Uh that didn't really come across in the prequel trilogy. So, part of my rewrite is fixing Padme. For sure, because she's she's very underrated character. Uh agreed. In the movies at least. Agreed. So, we have uh we have Padme be attacked and we have Anakin and Obi-Wan going to stop them. I want Anakin to show a little too much force in there, maybe like disarm the bounty hunter when she didn't need to be disarmed. And I say disarm in like the sense of a pun, like literally chop her arm off or his arm off, however we use it. And I want to have him have a, a moment of dark side, not just screaming at somebody, but like, I'm going to kill this person for attacking my friend. But Obi-Wan stops him or something? Something like that. It's either Obi-Wan and Padme in like a combined effort. Because I feel like Anakin doesn't listen to obi-wan yet because he views obi-wan as like this older brother more than like a mentor or father figure and that causes them to butt heads a lot like it did in the original film fair enough so anakin is stopped by obi-wan and padme from killing this person but the person dies anyway i i liked the the three-pronged dart yeah uh, attack so we have obi-wan like pull that out and be like oh fucking hell like this is this is a big deal they're gonna kill padme and they know that Padme is a pretty important senator. Like, they need her in the war to come. Yeah. So we have... that we, we cut back to another Jedi Council meeting, and Mace Windu and Yoda assign Anakin and Obi-Wan different tasks. They want Obi-Wan to go and look at this army that Palpatine has. Because, because the the Jedi are actually still pretty closed off from the Force. They can't see into the future. They don't know what's going on because... Palpatine is shielding their eyes with his dark side abilities. Or, like, the dark side itself is doing it. Okay. So we have Obi-Wan go off to Kamino, and we have Anakin be assigned to Padme as a protector. Because we have to separate Obi-Wan and Anakin so Anakin can actually feel. I feel like that was a good choice in the original film to do so. Definitely. You you definitely
1: need to... Because Obi-Wan is trying to do the Jedi thing and suppress Anakin's emotions. Whereas... him and Padme, like,
0: they feed each other's emotions. They do, and that didn't really come off well in the film at all, but in in the Clone Wars TV show, you kind of get that a little bit, and uh, the next scene, really, I want to expand on that. So I have Anakin and and Padme go to a different planet, instead of going to Naboo again. They could go to Alderaan, that'd be interesting. Yeah, to to pull, like,
1: like, Leia is born, I mean, not born, but raised.
0: Yeah, and from there, you can bring Senator Organa to be like, I'm a thing, and just do some fan service there on Alderaan. Yeah. I mean, he,
1: they could be that could be where they're staying is the is the Organa estate or something.
0: Yeah, and that way they can establish that Padme really loves and trusts these people to where Santor Organa, instead of just being like I've always wanted a girl, couldn't be like, no, I'm gonna look after my friend's child. Exactly. So from there, we have Anakin and and Padme have to have a, a morality kind of conversation to where they can relate to each other and form those budding relationships like get it get it real not a flirtationship because uh, the biggest similarity between Anakin and Padme in terms of their jobs is that they're servants to the galaxy and that makes it very hard for them to to be in love to have friends and to be in a relationship with one another because Anakin is sworn to the Jedi Council is only loyal to the Jedi Council and Padme is a senator who knows that if she gets involved with somebody in a relationship she cannot do that job to the best of her ability so you establish this forbidden fruit romance. There definitely has to be some like hesitation
1: on both sides, though.
0: Yeah, but you you have to have that conversation to where they can level with each other to, to show some sort of regret, either in body language or tone, about the the duties that they have for their job for the galaxy. And after that conversation, I want to cut back to Obi Wan. Uh, Obi Wan arrives at Kamino, and I really like the whole Kamino sequence. I, I think that was one of the better parts of Attack of the Clones, and Tag Clones is probably my least favorite of all the prequels. But I really liked seeing how these clones are being made. Honestly,
1: the Kaminoans are one of like my favorite, like, and Kamino and stuff like that are one of my favorite parts of the entire prequels, because it's such an interesting idea that there's this alien society out there that's even alien to other people. Like in the original movie, nobody knew about Kamino. I know in this one that that's not – like in our rewrites, that's not necessarily true. But even then, there's still very alien people who are completely scientifically based and a group of people that shouldn't be living on this planet. It's a planet that's nothing but water. We see no land at any point on Camino, and it's constantly overrun by storms. So it's a very interesting idea that these people are able to live here and to – not only genetically modify their own species, but grow clones of a different species.
0: Uh, yeah, I can agree with that. And the reason why they seem so alien is because every alien at least has a personality and in they some are, sense. They're the Vulcans of Star Wars. Yeah, that's a good point because they, they're just so utilitarian, I guess. Like they have everything serves a purpose. and Highly and logical. Yeah, and they, and they want everything to serve that purpose as best as they can. So we have the Obi-Wan scenes in it plays out the same way. I want them to have a meeting with Django Fett. Okay. And from there instead of um you know spotting the armor because I don't feel like Django would be seen in an assassination attempt. Django's that good to where like you're oh, not going to know where he is. So he, in the with the three pronged bullet and stuff like that we didn't see him. No, we did not see him, but we saw the bullet. But yeah. Django made a, a mistake like he has those bullets on a table or something like that. Okay. To where Obi-Wan's like, that looks familiar. So after their conversation, I want to have Obi-Wan come back to Django's room to investigate. Only there you show young Boba Fett. And you see Boba Fett tracking Obi-Wan and establish that he's a little badass. Okay. So from there, Boba Fett warns his father and the Django obi wan fight sequence on Kamino plays out basically the same way. It's a slugfest. Django's really, really good. So was Obi-Wan. Obi-Wan throws a tracker, follows him to uh, Geonosis. Interesting. I just really thought that that entire sequence worked. I didn't feel the need to rewrite pretty much anything from the Camino sequence, except for make it flow better with my overall rewrite. Fair enough. Yeah. I will say that I do enjoy making Boba a bigger part of it, mm-hmm. because it's some solid fan service. Yeah, you have to, you have to do fan service for Boba, because he was... Just he was killed like a bitch and fucking returned. Is ridiculous. He, he Boba got Boba. Yeah, and yeah, you had to do a little fan service for for fans of the original trilogy, for fans of Boba Fett. So to continue continue on, we we have to cut back to Anakin again, and here we have to establish, if we didn't do it already in our earlier scenes, we have to establish that Anakin has these nightmares, these visions of his mother in pain, calling out to him. I would kind of amp up the torture a little bit to kind of drive home the the extent of guilt that anakin feels for leaving his mother on tatooine
1: i don't know if i would amp up the torture because these are still children's movies
0: but sure. i could
1: definitely see maybe trying to pull on the heartstrings a little bit more like her calling him annie as she's like calling out his name as she's being tortured and stuff yeah that
0: that pet name that baby name show that
1: like pain in her face kind of like they did with padme in the third movie
0: yeah, definitely definitely pull something like that. And I want to have Anakin show his powers in a sense because he is still the Messiah. He is still the chosen one. I want to have him like shaking this complex, shaking, you know, his entire room, everything in his room is floating, he's floating, something along those lines to show the extent of power Anakin still has yet to master. You lost me when you said he was floating. Really?
1: I think that that's too much because, yeah, we see them force jump and stuff like that, but we never see them force lift themselves up. I think that to make somebody fly, is like make yourself fly, is a little bit much. It's too Superman? It's too Superman. It's too, look at how all-powerful I am. Okay. I get that he is very strong in the Force, but he's still very young and very new to it. That's fair. And hasn't unlocked his full Force potential yet. I get that it's like the unconscious mind. But I still think that that's a lot. I I like the idea of shaking stuff and maybe even making some things float. Mm -hmm. But I'm not a big fan of making him
0: float. Okay. I can cut that out. (laughs) But I want to have, like, nobody being able to wake him. Nobody who works at where they're staying. No organa. I want to have it be only Padme. Aww. Because you got to establish that that, that's a romance. That's a love. That's a connection. Yeah. And I want to have... Padme do it by, like, maybe grabbing his hand and going, Annie, it's okay, I'm here. Or something along those lines that's not a George Lucas cringy line of dialogue to show that Anakin trusts Padme. Lucas could not write romance. No, Lucas is a very visual director. He is not a writer. He could not do romance. It was so bad. Yeah, that was uh... a... But, about... yeah, so she wakes him up and... And... From there, you know, everyone clears the room, and they they have a conversation, and Anakin—I want Anakin to be reluctant to go after his mom. I want him to really have a struggle between his duty to the Jedi Order and his duty to his mom as a son. And I want Padme—I thought this was kind of an interesting idea. I want to hear your your take on it. Okay. I want to have Padme convince him to go instead of him having to leave. Okay.
1: I— think that that's an interesting idea because it does kind of play, maybe she even says something along the lines of, like, family is family no matter who you are kind of thing. Mm-hmm. It
0: plays on the importance of family. And I think that would be really cool because the importance of family is what Luke does. He doesn't give up on Vader because that's his dad. Exactly. But also, I mean,
1: it's a family story. It's all about the Skywalkers. But also, it's the story of the third movie where he's trying to save his family. Mm-hmm. He's trying to save her he's trying to save her because she couldn't save herself. Yeah. And he couldn't save his mom. So he's trying to do his best. And that's why he falls to the dark side is to
0: save his family. Exactly. And that's why I want that's why I thought the, the Padme egging him on to go save his mom and to, to, to say fuck it to some of his Jedi duties would be a really interesting pull to to make that that relationship and that dynamic a little bit more interesting, besides it, just the blatant I love you, meh 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 part. It also
1: shows that Padme is a little bit more willing to look past some of the Jedi rules. Mm -hmm. Because, I mean, in the second movie, she's so reluctant to do anything with Anakin because he's a Jedi. Yeah. But in this, she's kind of like, yeah, like I'm a senator, you're a Jedi, we shouldn't do this. But to hell with it, we're going to do what we want because we're adults and we can do what we want. You know?
0: Yeah, I also think it's because... Padme and Anakin are people who are going to do what they believe is right, regardless of what the other rules are. Exactly. Which is exactly like Leia and Luke. Exactly. So. And the, the worst part about the prequels, or one of the worst part about, a pre, about the prequels, is Anakin and Padme don't have many um, you know, character traits or qualities that reflect in their children. They're both—Padme is a very passive person. Mm-hmm. And Anakin is a very
1: aggressive person in every sense that he doesn't need to be aggressive.
0: Yeah. So, so I I that's why I want to have that kind of change in dynamic because this is not a a YA twilight Harry Potter type of romance. This is a high drama high fantasy romance. I and I, I think that they were trying to
1: make Padme seem more like not so much passive but more contemplative mm-hmm. and like have a more of a wisdom. They did not get they did not like do that well yeah save save your wisdom for Obi-Wan, you know that but I mean she can be a wise person because I mean or a smart person because I mean Leia is incredibly intelligent and knows mm-hmm. what to do she's very street smart yeah, and so I think they were trying to give that to Leia, but hey, not Leia to Padme, but they again, it didn't work yeah, they just made her look passive and weak
0: yeah so from there to continue on with our rewrite. Anakin goes off to Tatooine, because you always have to bring him back to Tatooine. And he finds his mother, and the scene plays out the same way. He kills not just the men, but the women, and the children too. But I would show more of that just struggle and anguish after the fact. Instead of him throwing some things around and being a whiny teenager about it, see an emotional breakdown where he just falls to the ground, and just cries. Interesting idea. Just has idea. A, a complete emotional breakdown. And the reason why I want to do that is because I can't think of another character in Star Wars who could comfort that child who just lost his mother, and he feels guilty about it, other than Padme. I agree. No, th- th- that is an interesting idea. And from that emotional breakdown, they they come together, they come to a mutual understanding that they are the only people in the galaxy who will understand their their pulls their their pulls to duty their pulls to family and and the conflict that that can that can create and from there they shared that forbidden kiss okay even you could even have
1: like during the scene where he's massacring the sand people have a little like hint at like having the sith eyes you know those yellow eyes that they get have him go like as close to the line as he possibly can get i mean cross over he can cross over at that point yeah um I think I do like the idea of the forbidden kiss at that point. Uh, I mean, how do they react to that? I would say that they both kind of pull away from
0: it. I think they have to at first because you have to. The best part of the romance in the original film was the kiss right before they go into the arena. Where like, we're going to die anyway. And I like this a little bit more because this is not so much them saying, all right, we're going to
1: die anyway. Who cares? I can give into my feelings now this is them unintentionally giving into their feelings like their feelings are so intense for one another that they mm-hmm. don't have a choice. Yeah, because that's
0: uh, yeah, <laughs> you get it. You get what I'm what I'm trying to do, having them give into these feelings even though they know full well as an adult mind that they can. They yeah. just have such a passion for each other and such an understanding and feel such a connection that nobody else in the galaxy could provide for them. I like it. So that's how you do a romance and a drama, George Lucas. Call me up. I'm ready for nine. Um, so we cut back to Obi-Wan chasing Jango. And you can have that little space battle because that was a cool-ass space battle. I really enjoyed that. But as soon as Obi-Wan and Jango land, I want them to have a rematch. I want to have Obi-Wan and Jango be on each other's tail, like okay. almost evenly matched. Uh, from there, when Obi-Wan and Jango are having that, that little second rematch, Count Dooku arrives on Geonosis, whoops on Obi-Wan, just like maybe force-throws him against a rock cliff, knocks him out, however you want to end that fight. From there, we have the Obi-Wan interrogation scene from Dooku, but I want to play it a little bit differently. Okay. I want to have Dooku say that the Sith are already within the Senate, already within the Republic, and kind of tell the truth about what's going on, like he did in the original film. However, I want to have... A redemptive quality in Dooku, where Dooku goes, the Jedi Order are failing. They're arrogant. They're not going to bring peace to the galaxy. And I want him to make an argument that the Sith are doing the exact same thing as the Jedi are doing, just in a different way. In a better way. Exactly. And have Dooku try to sell Obi-Wan on the Sith. Because the Jedi are arrogant. The Jedi are pawns to the Senate. The Sith aren't pawns to anybody. They're using the Force to bring order to the galaxy They're just doing it through war and not peace. Kind of like the Templar and Assassin uh, argument from Assassin's Creed as well. I can dig it. And I I really feel like that's why Dooku would join the Sith. Because I don't feel like Dooku is inherently a bad person. I think he just was failed by the Jedi, much like Anakin did, and fell into Palpatine. I don't think that there are many people who
1: joined the Sith to be evil. Like, in the movies at least. I think there's honestly only... Maul, Ma- and I don't even think Maul did it because he was evil. Because we read like the extended universe stuff like that. He joined because he was a he was such a, he was a kid. He yeah, he was any a, better. He was raised by Palpatine.
0: Yeah, he was a present from from Mother Towson Exactly, Palpatine. So, he was.
1: I think that, and then Palpatine became one because he wanted power. He wanted to rule, which is in some way evil but it's not because he wanted to be an evil dictator he just wanted power
0: yeah the palpatine is probably the closest to just pure evil in the films every other villain every other antagonist has some sort of redemptive quality or some sort of reason why they fell into you know the dark side into being the opposition i could see grievous being like also classified as being evil yeah, Grievous still doesn't have that much of a character art. Just even because after he, all this time. We, they don't explain why he's there. Yeah. And I don't I don't really either in this rewrite. It's hard to write for Grievous. So after that interrogation scene, we have Oh wait, sorry. I jumped the gun a little bit. During that fight with Dooku and Django, we have to have Obi Wan somehow put out a distress signal to warn others about what's happening to him and what's about to go off. Because you still have to bring the Jedi and the clones to Geonosis. To have that battle i want to say that anakin intercepts it and already having abandoned some of his orders to go save his mom it's not really a question that he's going to go and save obi-wan because he feels this guilt of waiting so long to go and save his mom to where he's not going to do that again he's going to go right after obi-wan okay idea okay we
1: could do the uh it's the message like and anakin intercepts it mm-hmm. but what if it's another dream
0: oh be even stronger powers
1: yeah, like he 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 can he can sense that Obi Wan is in danger, so he he immediately lives leaves this time without any hesitation, and is gets there in time, unlike he did with his mom.
0: Yeah, I like that a lot better because you still have Messiah powers. You still throw Anakin as a beyond average Jedi, so I like it. So Anakin and Padme leave um, to go and save Obi Wan. Only they're captured by General Grievous. And his clone army. As soon as you get there, because they knew that people are going to go after Obi Wan. Obi Wan's still really powerful, still really legend kind of Jedi within the galaxy, within the Sith Order. Like Dooku knows him as the student of Qui Gon. He's going to take that seriously. Yeah, I mean,
1: he Obi Wan is like Dooku's like, like grandkid
0: in a sense. Long. Yeah, big time. The the disciple of a disciple. Exactly. Yeah. So from there, we have the arena scene. We have the I love you, I know, or some sort of scene between Padme and Anakin where they accept that they might die and that they're going to be together for as long as they can because they think it might be a few minutes. Like, they kiss, they embrace, they they accept each other, and they are in that relationship now. Okay. So from there, we have the arena scene play out the same way. We have Obi-Wan and Anakin and Padme kind of whooping on those little creatures that they send out. Okay. And from there we have, you know, the Jedi ambush, and the Jedi are actually going to fight the Geonosians for a long time, and we're not going to bring in the droid army just yet. Because I want to say that the Jedi are still arrogant and think that they've won hands down. Like, this was easy. All we needed was a few of us here, and we can kill anything that the, the CIS and Dooku are going to throw at us. Just to have Dooku smirk, laugh, do a little evil mustache twirl, and bringing... Bring in some new droids. Bring in the super battle droids that we saw in the, in, in the second film for the first time. Things like that. And start decimating the Jedi. But before we can fully decimate the Jedi and kill everyone, we have Padme send a distress signal to Palpatine. I like it. Because they are Naboo Senators originally. They are both from the same planet. They have a relationship with each other, of their allies, their friends. And Padme trusts Palpatine at this point. So we have Palpatine... Send Yoda and the clones there to help out the Jedi, to protect the Jedi. But, again, they're a little late. Okay. Idea.
1: Okay. Instead of Palpatine sending both Yoda and the clones, I think it would be an interesting idea for Palpatine to have gotten the message and sent the clones without the Jedi. Okay. But then he goes to the Jedi Council and says, hey, you have two people in trouble and kind of show
0: him manipulate the council a little bit, kind of like he does. Mm-hmm. So maybe have uh, that scene with Yoda and Palpatine and Mace Windu. So Palpatine manipulates Mace and Yoda and sends the two big dick Jedis out there to, to fight. I mean,
1: he can send the entire group like he does. I think that that was a really cool scene to see all those Jedi
0: out there. Yeah.
1: But I do think that it's an, it would enhance the scene if it were... And kind of like foreshadows if it were Palpatine to go and manipulate them. He's like, he already sent the army knowing that they would go. Mm-hmm. So, like, he he's confident in his in what he's about to do. And so he goes and he manipulates the Jedi who don't want to go at first because they think that they don't want to be part of the war, kind of. Okay. And so they he sends them and manipulates them into joining this war.
0: Yeah. I would still like to say that Anakin... You know, on his way to to fight, Kenobi would make a message to get some Jedi there because you still have to have the arrogant Jedi. I think they've won easily. I mean, and then the massacre.
1: I mean, that's what I'm saying. You have the Jedi go. Yeah, they show up and stuff like that. Maybe I feel like I feel like it's going to take less time to mobilize. What was it like? 400 Jedi.
0: Then, I think 300.
1: Yeah, 300 Jedi. Then it's going to take to mobilize an entire army that's on a totally different planet.
0: Yeah. So, but you still have to mobilize quickly and get to Geonosis. Yes. Yeah. But. I want to show more of the devastation of Geonosis that was played up more in the Legends material, because because of Obi Wan getting captured and then Anakin being captured, about three hundred Jedi, four hundred Jedi died right there on Geonosis, which takes which brings in your Empire Strikes Back that you say no our good guys just took a big loss they're not out the fight yet but they've taken a huge loss. Okay. So from there, we have um, Mace, Yoda, and the clones arrive to fight back and to try to rescue uh, the Jedi that remain. From there, I want to have Django and Grievous enter the arena and fight. And I want to split up um, who kind of fights who in two miniature boss battles, essentially.
1: Uh, Okay, real quick, I have an idea. Okay. I'm going to rewrite your rewrite a little bit.
0: All right, do it, man. So before the clones and stuff show up, have
1: Anakin, Padme, and Obi Wan kind, kind of take Anakin care of the situation, and okay. even possibly defeat Dooku. Like, don't like, kill him, but capture him. Okay. And may or like may or the, when the clones first show up, or whoever first shows up. Okay. Have them go ahead and like win, capture Dooku, and put him on a ship to go. Like oh. to to leave. Oh, and then Dooku drops his droid army bomb. Do- Dooku drops the droid army bomb after. He's rescued by uh, uh, Boba Fett and Jango Fett on Slave 1. Okay, I can see that. So, like, he comes back, uh, Dooku, like, Dooku's dropped off somewhere safe, and then Jango comes back to, like, handle business. Okay. And that's when you have that fight, and Yoda maybe is following that ship that gets, like, sees Yoda or sees Dooku Mm -hmm. taken, or Anakin's following the ship or something. And so we can see a really cool scene. see Django be kind of a badass jumping between ships and saving people. Maybe there's two like expendable clones or Jedi on the ship with Dooku and he just pop pop. Yeah.
0: yeah, I like that idea. I like that idea a lot um but anyway, after the rescue after the droids and the clones show up, like we have every we have our stage for our climactic battle. I want to break up. Jango and Grievous. I want them to having being leading the like two separate um, battalions, armies, whatever you want to call it. And I want to have Jango take on Anakin and Obi Wan, and have Anakin and Obi Wan pretty handily defeat Jango to show not that Jango's a bitch or a pussy, but to show how powerful Anakin and Obi Wan are as a team because that going forward are your poster childs for the war. Okay, okay. I, like I like it. it. So they readily and handily defeat Jango Fett, but we have Jango Fett still being a badass, kind of injure Obi-Wan and take him out the fight a little. Like he's not, there's no like arm off, there's no fatal shot. Like he takes one in the leg and just can't maybe go after to, Dooku or anything like that. Maybe one to the gut or
1: something. Yeah, and something we, to kind of keep him out the fight. And we kind of see that dark side kind of come over Anakin for a second. Yeah. Kind of like we
0: do in episode three when, uh, when mm-hmm. Dooku takes yeah, out Obi-Wan. Yeah, you, you got you to tease that out. And on the flip side, we're going to have General Grievous maybe take like a vibro sword or one of those uh, Magna Guard blades that he has and just kind of wipe out some Jedi and some clone pretty easily. Like grab, grab, pick, pick up, up, start his, start his collection, collection. Start his collection right there on Geonosis. And Mace, we have to show the arrogance of Mace Windu a little bit. Okay. okay. So in the Clone Wars 2D animated uh, cartoon before the Clone Wars, uh, General Grievous goes and captures Palpatine and Mace Windu crushes his you know rib cage, his abdomen, and that's why he has this cough. Okay. But from here, I want to have Mace Windu decimate Grievous, like cross that line of he was already out of the fight, but Mace Windu pushed too hard. Okay? okay. And to kind of show the arrogance of that and to show that Mace Windu and the Jedi are not, you know, golden childs, golden people. So I want to have maybe Mace Windu slice off an arm crush, you know, his his organs to put do something to put Grievous in the robot suit. Okay. To put just his organs in there and to have the Grievous that we see in, in episode three. Okay. Here's an idea. Okay.
1: So we go ahead and have Mace like do the little like thing that Obi-Wan does in episode three and like slice off the legs. Okay. And like arms and legs, like all four limbs and then mm-hmm. force push him into like the wall or something. Yeah. That then like maybe some wall collapses and falls onto him.
0: Yeah, like he, Grievous has to live, but fucking barely.
1: Exactly, and so like his body is completely mangled and crushed. We don't necessarily have to see it. Keep it a kids' movie. Yeah, but then we know like, oh, we think he's dead. Yeah, and then that, that would be a cool surprise, in and then three the next movie come back. You, see the, you see the mask that he wears, and you are like,
0: no fucking way. And then there he is. Yeah, that would that would definitely be be a really cool uh, play, I guess, for, it, for Mace Windu and the in the rewrite. It, it
1: also, also kind of. ...feeds into that hatred that Grievous has of the Jedi. Yeah. So it kind of shows, like, yeah, he he got fucked up pretty bad, so.
0: So we have Anakin notice that Dooku is escaping on one of his little flying motorcycles that he has.
1: Okay.
0: And we have Anakin follow it. We want to have a 1v1 Dooku and Anakin, because we want to set up that rivalry a little bit. Makes, Makes sense. sense. So we have anakin and dooku fight only dooku outclasses anakin not because of his sheer force ability or sheer talent but because of his experience where dooku literally is just sidestepping anakin batting his most powerful attacks away like it's nothing kind of using his his superior superior force powers force powers and stuff exactly you know we have maybe anakin gets caught up in some lightning he flails out he extends his arm arm gets cut off force pushed away and then we have Dooku going to capture Anakin. And then out of nowhere comes Yoda. Exactly. But we want to have Dooku capture Anakin and not kill him. Because we still want we still want to remember what happened in our first episode where Palpatine said, give me Anakin Skywalker. Yeah. So we have Yoda and Dooku are going to be pretty evenly matched. But Yoda is still going to be our Jedi. We can't fully say that Yoda was this arrogant. We can't make Yoda mace, essentially. Okay. okay. So we have Yoda being very, very passive, very, very passive, buying time for clones and some Jedi to arrive to get Anakin. And as he buys time, he's being very defensive, just reflecting, using Force powers to keep Dooku on his feet. And as soon as Anakin is out the picture, he goes, he ignites that lightsaber and goes flippity-flip on Dooku's ass. I like it. So we have Dooku get away because... Uh, I don't know, he pushes Yoda or something. We still have to make Dooku kind of a badass. I mean, Enough to be able to not beat Yoda, but to get away from Yoda. I mean, Yoda
1: has never fought a dark side user before, so it's not unbelievable that Yoda is slightly outmatched at first. Yeah, so maybe uh, maybe Dooku's able to surprise Yoda a few times and maybe separate them. Yeah, Maybe maybe he uses lightning and Yoda doesn't know, like, what the fuck that was. Exactly, at first. first, And so, like, Yoda's 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 able to, like, learn about about it and stuff, and then maybe, like... like, But Yoda's Yoda's pushed pushed back back enough enough, by that 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 surprise to where Dooku can then, like, like, cause, like, a a pillar pillar to collapse and block block Yoda so that they can...
0: So that Yoda can't get to him, but he can escape. Yeah, we definitely have to have Count Dooku escape because we need Count Dooku in the third film. You do. You absolutely need to. So from there... Uh, I want kind of the resolution in our last scenes to be that uh, that Anakin is being knighted because he survived. He did really well defeating Count Dooku. I want him to get rid of that little rat tail and be knighted. And I kind of want to show that knighting ceremony, another thing that the fans have never seen in a movie but know exists, to kind of see how it's done. Okay, okay. so
1: this is an interesting, interesting. thing. Like yeah, we've, we've ta- talked, we talked about, about this a little bit, it, but you didn't include, include it. it so right after the war like you know with anakin having like obi-wan being taken out and anakin being like in the like have his arm cut off maybe have a little hospital scene okay yeah we i remember this conversation where where obi-wan is like obi-wan is recovered and like is talking to anakin who still like has no hand so he's still in recovery and padme comes in and like they talk like solo like obi-wan leaves like obi-wan kind of like pulls that brother movie's He's like, alright, I'll leave you two alone kind of thing. Because mm-hmm. Obi-Wan knows about it. You know? Yeah, Obi-Wan's
0: not stupid. Yeah,
1: exactly. So, Obi-Wan kind of like, alright, I'll leave you two alone. And at that time, like Padme and Anakin kind of exchange some romance. Like, might have a, a glance at one another, have some like intimate conversation and then a kiss goodbye. Yeah. And maybe like Anakin or Padme slips the other one a note. And kind of, that kind of leads to, like, the little marriage scene later on, kind of.
0: Yeah, do it all, all later on. Maybe have Organa be, like, a witness exactly. or something. Yeah, I, I definitely like that idea. Um, have Organa be more a part of it because Organa
1: just... Me and, me and my wife have always wanted a daughter. Is the stupidest way to adopt the child.
0: Yeah, if it's... These are my friends, and I'm really upset that Padme died and is not there to raise her child so I'll do my best to raise it for her yeah they have to establish that friendship for sure so we have that scene we have Anakin being knighted and I want to close out uh episode two with Yoda meditating alone and we're gonna have Yoda try to look into the future to look into the Clone Wars to kind of get some indication of how this is going to end how this is going to play out for the Jedi And I want to have Yoda not be able to see anything except fallen Jedi in a black mask. And I want to hint the Imperial March during that black mask. You don't make it the full Vader, but you have to distort the image in some sort of way to play it out. Because we want to say here in this scene, in in a metaphor, that the Jedi cannot see the future. The the dark side is surrounding the Jedi and going in for the kill, which is the next movie. Yeah. Yeah. So, overall... That's my Attack of the Clones rewrite. Uh, Probably going to call this episode Shroud of the Darkness or Shroud of Dark Side" or something like that. Shroud of the
1: Darkness darkness. I like a little bit more.
0: Okay. So that's it. Episode 2 of Two Dudes in a Podcast is complete. We will hopefully be back soon with our Episode 3 rewrite. I mean, we'll We'll be be back back next next week. week. We will. We are going to be back soon. Just one week. It's going to be okay.
1: Thank you guys for listening. Uh, Hopefully soon we'll have our social medias set up and you can go follow us on there. So we'll see y'all next time. Bye-bye.